from the newsroom of South Coast Today. This is ST Speaks, a podcast diving deeper into the news of the day and covering hot button issues that matter to you. You're listening to ST Speaks. Okay, so this is Jack Spillane, and this is All Politics. And I'm here today with uh, two of the longtime parishioners of St. Lawrence Modern Church in New Bedford, uh, Barbara Sullivan, Suzanne, Suzanne Sullivan, and Barbara McDonald. Okay, just exactly the opposite. So, um, Suzanne has been uh, the moving force behind the effort to raise money to save the St. Lawrence Bells. And Barbara was one of the co-authors of a recent letter to the editor that got much of the community talking about this um, long-standing effort. Um, so, um, I'll start off uh, talking to, to Suzanne. This has been how many years that you've been, been at it trying to, to save the bells? Well, originally we started probably 2010 is when we started fundraising to um, raise money to save the tower, to fix the tower and fix the, you know, stabilize the tower so the bells could stay up there. The bells didn't need fixing per se. It was the tower and what was around the bells. So we started about 2010 having fundraisers. We did 30-week clubs, concerts, many things. And we started a bank account with $100 in it. And um, we did that until probably 2013. And um, then the priest was at the church got reassigned and um, the diocese then took the money to Fall River. It was about roughly 300000 give or take a little bit. And they, we had plans. We had a couple of contractors that we had, had bids with and we were going to move ahead and fix the tower, stabilize the bells. And we had the money and um, they took the money to Fall River and everything went to a standstill. Okay. So um, in the beginning... Uh, these bells, obviously, uh, I wrote about it in my column last week. They're, they're bells that anybody who lives in uh, downtown or the West End of New Bedford would have heard um, uh, when they were growing up. Why do you think that the bells were important to you and to other people? Well, they're important to me because my family, myself and my family, my father, my grandmother, we all went to the church at St. Lawrence, and I also went to school there at Holy Family. And we lived by those bells. They rang at 6 in the morning. 12 and then 6 o'clock at night again, the Angelus. And they were just part of funerals, weddings. They were part of our day. And as the years went on, they had they needed some work as far as the technique of ringing, but they were still up there and they were still in great condition. And they were very important to all of us because the Irish immigrant people built that church with nothing. They had no money. They were poor people, but in those days they built beautiful churches to praise the Lord. And after the church was built about, um, I don't know how many years later, like so many years later, they got the money to put the bells up. And um, this was a big undertaking for them, and it was wonderful. And they worked hard, and they, they struggled, and it was just so important to them. And I look at my history, my ancestry, my family, and I go, it's not just about bells. It's not just about church. It's about people's lives, what they sacrificed, and um, the historic relevance they have to the city of New Bedford. They rang after World War I, after World War II. The fishermen would come in and know when they saw the tower and the bells, they were home. Even if they couldn't see, they could see the light from the clock. And also whales, the whale ships, the late, you know, the last whale ships could see them. And um, 
they rang it when John Kennedy died, and just so many things. It's just so much history. If bells could talk. Yeah. How about how about you, Barbara? Um, you're also uh, a lifelong. Um, well, I've been, uh, I guess, a transplanted sort of person okay. there. I was originally from the South End, but I have been there approximately forty years. And there are other churches closer to me that I could have joined, so to speak. But I just loved the architecture, the old world feel, and the bells certainly added to it. It, it was just great hearing them, soothing, peaceful, quieting. And as Suzanne had said, people years ago, how they saved and scratched to buy those beautiful bells. And it just seems ironic that here we are now, on the other end of it, so to speak, scrimping and saving and scratching to try to get enough money to um, repurchase these bills. Um, I was sort of remiss in not telling people to speak up in the beginning because our microphones are are rudimentary, so I'll I'll just say that. Um, uh, Suzanne... um, it seems like the, the parish was more unified in the beginning, that uh, they, they agreed to raise this money. They wanted to, to say the bell. Yes, they were. And we had, like I said, a lot of fundraisers. So we did have people who would come to the fundraisers. We had people that made donations. We even had one donor who was from North Carolina who had never been to St. Lawrence Church, but his wife's family was from here. And he gave us a donation of about $120,000, never seeing the church. Wow. And I sent him pictures of the plans. All, he was an engineer, so I sent him all the pictures of the plans we had for the tower. I went up to the cemetery, took pictures of his wife's um, family's tombstones, and we talked on the phone a lot, and they passed away about two years ago, within ten days of each other. And we got, uh, um, they passed away, but we got, um, probably more like four years ago, and we got a, a $95,000 from their will. So he, sight unseen, just had his heart in this. This was a man who had never set foot in that church. This and is more than two hundred thousand dollars. Well, he gave no. He gave us uh, twenty five and then ninety five. So it was about one hundred and twenty. We got twenty five initially, and then ninety five when they passed away. And uh, we were thrilled because now we had all the money yeah. to fix the tower. Did he say what about it struck him? Uh, he said that his wife's family had gone there. She wanted her parents. And this is the irony. She wanted her parents to be on a plaque. And we were going to set up a plaque with people's names who had donated. Obviously, that has not happened. And um, her, her family had a great love for that church, her parents. And they were deceased. And she wanted to honor them. And she hadn't been up here for years and years. And um, she just had a great love for that so church growing up. At what point did it appear that the, is it $360,000? Yes, w- when you add everything up, yes. Okay. It, it does. So it's at like what fun. point did you begin to lose confidence that um, uh, the money that was raised um, was not going what you understood it was for? Because th- th- we have a different story that, that, that the pastor says that it was always understood that it could be used for anything in the uh, church um, uh, maintenance. And we, maintenance. Before um, we started this, there had been a capital campaign at the church started by Father Sullivan, who was there. And that was for anything, for repairs in the church. This campaign that we started was in a bank account we had, and it was for the Bell Tower Fund. Every time I had a concert, that's what the poster said. Anytime we did anything, it was for the Bell Tower. There was never any question. Our plan was to fix the tower, stabilize the bells, then we were going to move on to the windows. So the money was taken because the priest was sent away, 
And this is Father Merrick. Yes, what Father Merrick. Father Merrick Kamersky. Kamersky. Yes, Kamersky. And uh, when he left, we had the money in the bank, and they said, you're not supposed to have that much money in the bank. Well, we didn't know that. So they took the money to Fall River. Yeah, who was they? The diocese. The diocese. I say the diocese. I, you know, it's like specifically, um, we were, you know, told. So what happened, I was still working. It was volunteer. I didn't get paid to work there. I was still working in the rectory and was told the money was being taken to Fall River. But they would leave us a little bit in the account at South Coast um, Hospital Credit Union, which was about 55000 They took about two eighty to Fall River. We had previous... Who had, who had access to this account? Well, every account in the diocese, no matter what, it has to be Roman Catholic Bishop of Fall River. That's the controlling authority. He owns authority. everything. Right. He owns every church, every bank account, every everything. So it's not really yours, but we raised That it. would be Bishop, I'm forgetting his name. De Cunha. Bishop De Cunha. Yeah, whoever the bishop is, his name is on every bank account. Okay. So it was his name and then Bell Tower Fund, St. Lawrence, and then Father Mark's name. Well, of course, he could sign checks. Father Mark being the pastor of St. Lawrence. Yes, at the time. Were, were there any lay people that were also uh, able to put in money and take out money from I that was. account? You were. I was, which they found also improper. And it was all above board, and we just did that because it was kind of a checks and balances. How far were you in when they found that it was improper that you could? It was when they were um, when they were um, taking Father Mark out. When he was transferred, mm -hmm. okay. We had previous previously had asked, sent a letter to the bishop, which I have a copy of, asking for permission. We had bids on the tower. We had picked a company we thought was the best company, but we couldn't sign the contracts or anything because you have to have permission. So we sent the letter to Fall River asking them for permission to fix the tower. And the next thing we know, all this commotion's going on, and Father Mark's leaving, and all this kind of blew up in our faces and they took the money and everything stopped. How did you know they took the money? They told me. Okay, did, did you still have access to the account at that um, point? Well, I could have, but I obviously wouldn't touch that account. I mean... But were you checking to see how much was oh, left in there? Oh, I knew it was there? in there. Was, was it all taken there. at once, the whole yes. 360? Ex no, except he, he left, like I said, he said, I'm going to leave you a certain amount of money so you have it in the account. Little did you know, I wouldn't be there in a few months, but I think they left like... 55 and they took 280 and then we also made interest on that money that was in the bank account in Fall River and then we also had other we paid an architect okay. $11,000 to were, do the plans Were you able to see, um, was it taken all at once and transferred to the diocese or were you able to see we're using it to pay for X, we're using it to pay for no, Y? it was all taken at once and put into a bank account which they said the, do the parish had access to, not me any longer, because I wasn't really there. Okay. But and this the is parish how long had ago? access. How long ago? That was 2013, in the fall of 2013. It's a four years ago now. Right, right. And then the following spring, we got word that they were going to sign contracts and start working on the tower and and doing this, and we never saw anything happen. So at that point, did you still have hope that the tower and the bells? I were did. Going to I figured they 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 said they were going to do what they had to do, and then we got word that the architect for the diocese, who then started overseeing all of this, he came over and reevaluated. Now we put, we paid an architect, John Watney, who also worked at Grace Church, very renowned man, was going to oversee the whole project, and they didn't want him because. If you understand the workings of the Catholic Church, 
they have to control everything. So they wanted to control who the architect was, who the contractor was. We had a great contractor. It was American Steeple Company in Salem. So everything came to a standstill. And then we kept wondering, and, and Father would get up and say, well, we're going to sign a contract. We're going to sign a contract. Well, we waited and waited. And but, but in all fairness, the Catholic Church has always been a hierarchical organization. Absolutely. No one would be Absolutely. surprised if they no. were... Um, and that's why I don't, um, you know, I think I don't blame the priest at the church per se because he has to follow the directions of the diocese. They control everything. So when did you first um, have the feeling that the money was not used, uh, as, you, as you contend, uh, for what you thought it was supposed to be? Well, we weren't seeing any work being done. So, and they claimed they were doing some work, but... See, I had a window restored in the back. This was a memory of Joe Harrington. And we had it done, and people could see. And I would put pictures up in the back of the church of the work being done. When it was finished, we had a dedication when it was done. It was all transparent. Nothing that's been done at St. Lawrence has been transparent. It's all we're doing some work. Well, what is it? Now, we just got a financial report, and it said you had 319000 whatever in the bank account, and we spent X amount of money on work. That's it, nothing else. So you don't know what's been fixed. So we obviously thought the tower was going to be worked on. It, they say it has, but we don't know. But we should say that the, the, major, the majority of the parishioners voted in favor of letting the money be used for what the... What the um, Diocese That's saw what fit the in terms were. of oh. repairs. So oh. it, it's a minority of parishioners who were concerned that it was only for the bells. Is that accurate? Um, I'm not sure exactly what you mean by that. You mean about the vote he took? Uh, as I've read from the stories that have been in the paper, that the, that, that this money was spent with a vote of the parish council. And, okay. Um, Let me address uh, that for you. Okay. I was on the parish council twice. A parish council in a Catholic church is nothing like the parish council in other churches. The parish council means pretty much nothing. You are there as a figure because it's a rule in the diocese you have to have a parish council. They make it quite clear to you that you have no say in what happens, that you just are there as body to do whatever the diocese wants you to do. They did not, and I, as far as I know, most well, of them... Well, why is there a vote if you're just there to, because to do what they say? Because it's just... But know, they can't force how you vote, can they? Well, the vote doesn't really mean anything. It's like five people in the parish council. And my understanding was from um, several people that they didn't want this to happen, but they were told that it had to happen. It was necessary. But, and but what, wasn't there a bigger vote, though, also? All right. Um, there was... Sorry. There was a vote in 2014... And we got this letter at church, and it was to give to the Catholic Charities Appeal or the Grand Annual, one or the other. It was one of the collections, and it was to give money. And he put down a list of all the things that needed to be fixed and, you know, putting down whatever. And then on the bottom, Th things it said, like what? Um, like the bells, stabilize the bells was 16000 um, fix a window, a leak here. I mean, different things, the windows, which need work. This but was not. all from the bell fund? No, this was all stuff that he said needed to be done. Okay. So at the time, you know, the vote said that down on the bottom, he made a suggestion about selling the belts. And on the bottom, it said, keep the belts, sell the belts. You're supposed to check off. Now, if you didn't get that letter, you never saw that letter, which most people I know didn't, 
You, yeah, this is the pastor that succeeded. Um, that's here now, by the Chemerski, Father Powell, by the Robert Powell. Yes. So you get that letter, and a lot of people, people I've talked to never saw it. And then you had to send it back with your donation. And according to what we heard, if you didn't sign your name to it, they threw it out. So the vote came to 85-25. Okay, well, that, that's, that's a contention. We're not sure if that's true. But that's what's been told but, Okay. Uh, we have supposedly a household of 300 and something. The vote was totally, that was for um, 2014. Okay. So that was three years ago. This is a whole different ballgame. So at the time, I went to the press because nobody answers you. So I went to the press, did an article with um, the girl that was here before. I forget her name. She was the religious editor before. And we just okay. talked about the bells in general, that they wanted to sell them, and we were upset. And then Father Powell, I'm, I'm not going to get into that whole story. It's not in my phone. But um, anyway, he said he wasn't going to sell the bells, and then I made a big deal. And anyway, it stopped. The whole thing stopped. We never heard another word about it. And it was kind of quiet, but we still didn't see any work being done. Maybe little things, but nothing major. And then they're saying most of the money was gone. It had to be appropriated for other things. Well, why didn't why wasn't the parish told? Okay, if, if you say to me, all right, you have $280,000, but we really, really have a bad leak and we need to fix it, Is that would that be okay with you all? And you go, yeah, I understand. I'm not unreasonable, but we were never told. I have tried since early summer calling the diocese. I, I called it over and over again, and um, nobody would call me back. We wrote letters, about 36 of us, because and then again this came up. I found out by accident they were going to sell the bells because it was supposed to be a secret, and um, we wrote letters to the bishop. When did you first find out they were I found out to sell the bells? in July, and somebody told me because somebody um, told them who shouldn't have told them. Then they told me. They always know to tell me because I'll do something. And I was like, I can't believe that they're going to do this again. And then I realized because the person said it was going to happen soon. And I just got panic stricken. I was like, so that was July. So we started writing letters to the bishop. We started calling up. We And we got a form letter back from the bishop in which he quoted everything the priest had said. And some of it was just the vote. This is Bishop de Cunha. Yes. He quoted that vote. That vote was ridiculous. Ridiculous. And um, he why, quoted... Why, why was it ridiculous? Because even if they're telling the parish this is what you should do, if people go along with them... I but mean, the vote was because most of the parish didn't get it. So you're not talking a majority. When you say 85 to 25, 85 people voted to sell the bells. Would you get it in church? How, how did you get the I, letter? Uh, some people got it in the mail, but only if you've got budget envelopes. Some people might have got it in church. Um, I know people that go to church there all the time and they didn't get it. And the people I've talked to lately have no idea what this vote was about. Okay. They'll say to me, I didn't vote, I don't know. So, it, And it was never done in a proper way. It should have been done so that it was transparent to the whole congregation. So it was this past July that you realized... That, that I realized they were going to okay. try to sell the bells again. Okay. So, Barbara, you, you've been, um, uh, as we said, mm-hmm. a lifelong, uh, a 40-year parishioner. When you realized that they weren't going to save the bells, how, how did you feel about that? Um, shock. I was appalled. I mean, it's, it's as Suzanne had said. Um, we didn't. I only found out after the fact that they were gone, 
and you sit in church and you hear this, and it's devastating. I mean, that's why I chose St. Lawrence, again, because of the architecture, the way the building looked, the bells, everything. And I mean, it's like tearing the heart and soul right out of that church to see that great big empty space up there covered with plexiglass. Now, isn't that a sad commentary for all of those people who struggled way back when Irish immigrants that had nothing, nothing. They came over because they had nothing, hoping for a better way, and they bonded together to do this for their church. And now they're gone. So covered with plexiglass. The, the tower the is covered The openings where the bells were, I guess they're putting plexiglass up there. When is that happening? It is going on now. It's going on right now? As we speak. As we speak. And it... it I mean, after seeing those great, big, beautiful bells there, and you could see them in the tower when you drove up or down County Street and even hear them when they used to ring them, and now you see plexiglass. So, um, uh, after all this has happened, it strikes me that this has divided the parish Absolutely. Greatly. I would say there is a division. It's those who are okay there. I'm not saying so all in, some were in favor of it many of us not in favor of selling the bills, and there might be some that are just indifferent. Oh, well, you know, what can we do about it? It's happened. I say try to do something about it. I mean, when these bills are gone, they're gone. 1888. They were forged in 1888. So uh, the bells are, are, are sold, and now you come up with a plan with uh, uh, people from St. Lawrence, but also broader people in the community who uh, cherish the bells to try them, to buy them back from Verdun Verdun, and Verdun, okay. And how how is that going to work? Well, what happened is we had, um, you know, some dealings with the diocese in Verdun. Verdun already bought the bells. They paid for them. They also paid quite a sum to have them removed from the bell tower. It was supposed to be a week after it was done, so we really didn't know it was happening. Verdon has paid the crane company in Fairhaven to remove the bells. So we got a lawyer uh, because we were advised to do that because it's easier for someone like a lawyer to handle this. So he, um, initially we did a few other things, but he called the bell company and asked them if there was any way that we could make a deal. And we didn't know at the time if they had sold these bells because they bought them for $32,000. They're worth I don't even know how many times that. They could sell those bells for over $100,000. So we were afraid they were going to say, well, we'll sell them to you for $100,000, and we were going to go. But they didn't. They realized that we were upset, that we got blindsided, that we didn't know that these bells were going to go so fast. I, th- I don't think we ever really believed it was going to happen. And they didn't want any bad vibes, you know, a, you know, complaints from people so they said no we'll make a deal the lawyer talked to our lawyer and said you know we'll make a deal and all we want is what we paid for the bells and what we paid the crane company to take them down and we'll make a deal with you and um, we'll be glad to do that but um, and you have till December 31st we have till January 1st at January, noon January 1st at noon so January 1st at noon it's scary so yeah. you have a, a GoFundMe page I have a GoFundMe page talk to people about yes about how they can we have a GoFundMe page and I realize a lot of people a, a lot of people that support us are you know from another generation even like myself we don't always like to go on the computer so you go on GoFundMe 
and or you can speak into your phone or the computer or type GoFundMe and then save the bells at the New Bedford and you can go on and donate. You can also make a donation and it can go to the lawyer's office, which is Phillips Garcia, and that is on 13 Ventura Drive in North Dartmouth. And they will take the checks made up to them and then they will turn them over to setting up a nonprofit bank account. Okay. And, and, and what do you hope to do with the bells uh, if you're successful? In well, we have them? a lot of things that we're thinking about, but of course one of the things we would have to do is to meet with the city and see what would be agreeable to them. We've also talked to the Friendly Sons about the monument. Maybe I've, I've mentioned this to a few and we haven't talked formally. The monument in the South End, Klasky Park, um, you know, various places because they need to be shown. They're beautiful. And will they ring again in the church? We hope so someday. In the near future, not it, in the next it, year. It wouldn't seem like it would be in the near future because the, the parish or the, and the pastor have made their decision right. on the bells. Right. Um, hopefully somewhere down the road we would love to see them up again. But we can't move on that premise. We have to move on the premise that we have to find a place. But they are totally so historic. They should be displayed. And a lot of people have said to me, you could make you know a monument out of those bells. They're you know they're so big and massive, and put them. And they're all engraved, and put them someplace where people would come and and just see them. It's like we have a bell in front of the library. I don't even know what that bell is for, but we and I hate I say this to people all the time. We lost the Charles W. Morgan to Connecticut, and you know it it was a treasure that we lost inadvertently. And these bells are part of this city. They belong here. They don't belong someplace else, and it's just wrong. And they need to be displayed so that people can go and appreciate the beauty. All right. And um, uh, as we go forward, it, are you able to, I, I just have to ask, are sure. you able to, to remain as part of the parish and, and, and partake in their spiritual life and, and all with, with this deep division? How, how, how will that work out for you, Barbara? Work out for me? Uh, when I go to the church, I try to put all of this extraneous stuff out of my mind. I'm there for one purpose, uh, me with my God, and just block out the rest as much as I can because I don't want to abandon the parish. I don't want to give up. Uh, I don't want to walk away and say, oh, well, you know, and they'll say, well, okay, another one we don't have to deal with was against what we had done, and I'll stay there. Okay. They're not going to force me out. And how about yourself, um, uh, Suzanne? Well, to tell you the truth, Jack, uh, I haven't been there. And it, I have um, different reasons than Barbara does because I was so involved in so many um, different activities at the parish. And um, I don't know how else to put this, but I was kind of um, told that I wasn't wanted to do these things because I would have been fundraising for the last three years. I would have gladly done it. Some uh, people just thought that I did it because Father Mark was saying, no, I was doing it for the church, not for a person. So I was kind of, um, I, hate, I don't know how to put this tactfully, but I was kind of told that I wasn't, you know, wanting to do these things. So I still was going to church there. But um, when I had the um, article in the paper, the, the last one, it was just not received well at all, and it's... Um, I feel that when I go in there to church at this point, I'm a distraction to other people. 
So how, how long since you've been going? Um, so I haven't been there since the summer, except to funerals. I do okay. go to funerals there because, um, you know, and my funerals should be there, so I might be there. But anyway, I'm saying I do go to funerals and I do go to things there, but I don't want to be a distraction because I know that happens, that people go, oh, there she is, you know. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to distract other people from their focus on church. That's what they're there for, and that's great. And, and if I have to go there, I mean... It's my church. It's my parish. I grew up there. I got baptized there. I mean, it's. I've spent my life there. Which school across, you know, in the parking lot, and um, my father was buried from there. My grandmother was buried from there. So, you know, I have not abandoned the church at all. I just feel that at this present time, it's more tactical for me to, you know, stay out of okay. the limelight. I, I should I mean, say that that um, Father Powell or Bishop De Cunha are both welcome to come on our politics and and talk about their perspective. Uh, uh, they may have a different uh, uh, way of looking at it, maybe different uh, set of facts as, as, as they see. We always welcome them to come on and um, give their perspective too. Uh, is there anything, um, uh, ladies, that either would you like to say that you think is important? I mean, I think people are heartened to know that the Bells may stay in New Bedford. Uh, under what circumstances I... Uh, uh, was talking to Mayor Lang, and, and he sort of felt, the former Mayor Lang, he felt that, that the Bells were a part of the city. They uh, were purchased by the Irish immigrants uh, when it was more of an Irish parish and um, have had a long history uh, in New Bedford and have meant uh, things to different generations as they heard them told around town and, and that uh, uh, it would be great if they, they could stay. So um, even if they're not at the church, perhaps they can have some sort of uh, 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 a meeting. So uh, is there anything else that anybody would like to say? That they well, think I, I just feel that uh, so many historical buildings, uh, places have been destroyed or significantly altered, that here we go again, here's another one that's changed drastically, and I hate to see it happen, and I will continue with Suzanne and whoever else and, and, and try to do as much as we can to raise that money this point in time, I mean, you know, 30 days is a short window to uh, raise that kind of money, but I won't give up trying because I, they should stay here. It's part of New Bedford. It's part of history. They belong here. They've been here almost 130 years, and now they're going to go to some company, and I'm not saying the company is a bad company, as Suzanne said, no, very not. reputable very and very agreeable, but are they going to end up in some bell sanctuary, bell yard until they're sold? They belong to stay here. Yeah. We've had a number of churches endangered in New Bedford. We have St. John the Baptist That's down the street, the first uh, Catholic church in North America that um, when they closed it several years ago, it needed a new roof. I'm not sure what the situation with that is. We have the United Methodist Church uh, at the, also on, all three of these churches on County Street that um, seems to be in disrepair with some um, uh, moss growing on the side of it. So some of these grand old churches in New Bedford, it's, it's very hard for the, the parishes to keep them up. Uh, you, you really can't and expect them. that's why them we did fundraisers. Uh, the, what I would say is that St. Lawrence, years ago, did have a, a very thriving population, and a lot of were doctors, lawyers, dentists, because the downtown area was beautiful, homes and mansions. But the thing is, the Irish immigrants made the church and put the bells up to the glory of God. But we're all God's children, and it's not just about being a Catholic. It's about being a person that's God's child. And to um, know that those bells were put up there by hardworking people that wanted to honor God. But they need to stay in the city. 
to give credit to all these people that work so hard. And um, for anyone that would like, I hate to say, to make a donation, nothing is too small. I mean, $5 is not too small, $10 is not too small. We understand that some people, you know, feel it, it's difficult, especially at Christmas time. But we welcome donations. We welcome any help, any input, anything anyone can do because they are very, very important to the history of New Bedford. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you, Suzanne. Thank you, Welcome, Barbara. Uh, thank it's you been a for pleasure talking thank to you. you both and learning a little more about uh, the Bells of St. Lawrence.